Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than three decades of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive and grow in any market. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, this is Randy Wilburn here with another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I am here today with none other than Mark Zweig. Uh, So excited to uh, have him on the podcast when he is available. This is a man on a mission with a lot of projects on his plate. So it's always uh, great when we can get him on the actual podcast to share his Uh, ideas and insights and just overall experience. I mean, Mark's been around and I always say this and every time I say it, it kind of makes him sound older and older, but I say that, you know, because I am older and older. (laughs) It's like, you know, this guy's got like three and a half decades, almost four decades worth of experience (sighs) in the design industry. (laughs) When you say it, it's like, wow, but no, he's, he's, he's young at heart and um, he actually probably moves around more than the average 32 year old. So that's, that's always a good thing. But Today we're um, we're just excited to have him back on the podcast and uh, wanted to kind of talk about a couple of things that uh, we think will be really helpful for the listening audience. And you know, Mark writes the uh, main editorial piece on the cover of each Zweig letter um, newsletter that comes out, and uh, this comes out, uh, I believe it's uh, forty eight times a year. Uh, that you can get this great uh, advice and information from not just Mark, but the rest of this Y group team. Certainly highly recommend that you take advantage of this newsletter when and where possible. And for the simple fact that it's now free, you and anyone listening to this uh, that is working at your firm or anybody else that needs um, good information, good advice about the design industry, where things are going, trends, and and just information in general about making your firm better, more successful, this Wide Letter is definitely the uh, newsletter of choice, and it's free. Uh, just go to zweiggroup.com and you can get sign up. All we need is your email address. We don't need your blood type. We don't need a cell phone or we don't need any other information. Just your email address is all it takes for you to get a free copy 
digital copy of the Zweig letter every week in your inbox. And more importantly, if you work at a firm, you can get a copy for everybody in your firm. So you can act like Santa Claus if you want during this holiday season and um, encourage everybody to put their email address in that little box and sign up for this wide letter. You will not be disappointed. Well, we'll get started. Um, Mark, I know it's good to have you back. It's it's good to um, to talk just in general about what's going on in the marketplace. But there are a couple of things that uh, we wanted to bring up, and and we're actually going to do a couple of different episodes. But um, today, I'd like to talk with you a little bit about you know kind of making job offers that get accepted. And I know a lot of times, whenever I see your editorials come out in the Zweig letter, generally it's it's predicated upon the fact that you just experienced something. That has caused you to want to write about it, um, and maybe maybe it's an issue or situation that comes up that really makes you shake your head and wonder why are people doing what they do. But um, I always notice that that the general reaction and the general tone of these editorials are usually in response to something. But but why don't we talk about um, why don't we talk about job offers that get accepted? We're at the end of the year. A lot of companies are still trying to round out their team. They're looking at 2018 as a year to really grow. And if that's the case, you have to add new people to the team. You have to create new opportunities for people that are currently on your team. But but talk a little bit about just this whole issue of making job offers. And you've been involved in that space. I mean, you've served as uh, the HR manager or director of a, of, a, of a fairly large engineering firm. You cut your teeth in recruiting right from the beginning when you got out of school, I mean, what, don't, what is, don't tell everybody about that <laughs> HR job, please. <laughs> so, I know, but I'm that, kidding. that led to so many, no, that led did. to so many opportunities really for did. you. So no, it's an important, it's an important role and it's got to be filled by somebody who really um, can be a, helpful to the hiring process, which is, as you said, I mean, it's the number one problem faced by firms today. Um, companies don't spend any money on recruiting and they don't spend enough time thinking about how they're going to get their offers accepted. So yeah, both of those um, subjects are are very closely related. And it's bizarre because it's the number one problem. And you just see the same things over and over and over again. The same mistakes are made. You know, um, companies don't act like they have to sell their job. Right. They want people to come in there to tell them why they want to work there. And of course, the best people are not necessarily going to, you know, do that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it all it really all starts with making sure you're offering the job to the right person. I see this a lot. Um, it's like, well, you know, we really like so and so and we're going to make her an offer. Um Okay, so what kind of offer are you going to make her? Well, we're offering her eighty thousand. Well, what's she currently make? Well, she makes eighty five. I'm like, um, wait a minute. Now, why is she going to go backwards to come to work here? Well, we're a better company and we've got a better bonus program. <laughs> Forget it. Okay. Yeah. People are not going to take a pay cut to come to work for you now if they're unemployed and they were last making 85,000. That's right. not the same thing. Right. Right. Is that's the other side of it we see is people are like I'm making 85. It's like no no, you're making zero. zero. Okay. <laughs> 80 is better than zero. Right. But but we see this all the time. It's like, well, the cost of living's lower here. They don't care. Uh, you know, your ego's involved. I mean, that's you know, um so we we see this all the time or the other people we have 
they make um, 80, so that's all we can pay this person. But by the way, we want somebody who's better than everybody we have. Right. Okay, how is that going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it, you see these same things over and over. It's like, they're not going to take your job. It's a, it's a lateral move, or it's a cut and pay, or you're not as good of a company. You really have to think about, you know, who you make the offer to in the first place to make it to somebody who's likely to accept. Right. If it's a decent offer. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing, too, is that nowadays, because marketing and branding really plays into this whole recruiting process, I mean, you you constantly have to be selling the opportunity to come work at your firm and why you're so, you know, why you guys are as successful as you are, if that's the case. Because like you said, I mean, the average person... You know, most people in our industry are are employed, so they're coming from someplace else. And so you've got to sell them on right. why. And and it still sometimes is a hurdle for, for people to get over because they just think, well, I have an offer. I have a job. So a job opportunity that this person should consider. And, and Yeah. And the assumption is they're unhappy where right. they are. That's right. the implicit assumption. Yeah. And it's just not correct. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily unhappy. They might be happier if they work somewhere and had a better job. It doesn't mean they're unhappy. Or yeah. They have to make a change or, you know. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, you got to approach it from that standpoint. Um, it, it does take some selling. It takes, you know, the impression you create um, when people come in and interview. Um, first off, I don't even call it an interview. I call it a meeting. Yeah. Or a conversation. Why, yeah. Why? Why have a... Why create this expectation that it's an interview? That sounds stressful. Right. I haven't uh, decided I'm going to make any kind of a job change. I'm not necessarily interviewing. I'm just over here talking to you. Yeah. I say take the heat off. Make it more casual. You know, uh, but every impression uh, matters. I mean, how does the office look? You know, do you have, um, do you offer them something to drink when they come in? Do you have uh, a nice clean conference room? Who do they meet with? Are they positive people who smile or are they grouchy and, and right. you know, pissed off? I mean, all those things matter um, to as far as the impression that you create um, with the candidate. And um, do you have any swag or swag you can give them? <laughs> right. Do you have, um, you know, um, do you follow up afterward with a with a call or a, or a card or an email? I mean. There's just a million things you can do to create a good impression. Yeah, those little touches matter. I sure. mean, they really do. The other thing that does matter, and it's something that we don't always talk about, and I'm always uh, amazed when I talk to hiring managers that never even ask about it, is you know getting the spouse involved. Yeah. In the process, you know how how important is that? Do you think to just you know well, making that offer? I think if you got a relocation, it's super critical. Yeah. You know, um, the spousal, you know, you can't deny the fact that today a lot of people um, forget the fact that the partner or the person obviously is going to um, want to, um, you know, see where they could possibly be moving to. Yeah, that's that's very important. But beyond that, I mean, there's so many dual career families these days. Right. Right. And um, so that's the thing. And um it's, you know, so their career, their job opportunities are so critical. And you may need to be thinking about that. You know, I also work over here for the University of Arkansas, as you know, and, and commonly when you're hiring these these academics, um, we have to get, you know, in the College of Business, we got to find a job for the spouse in another college. Right. Or maybe it's in the College of Business, too. Right. 
right. just to hire the person. Yeah. Because they're hard to find and you can't ignore um, the fact that, you know, the spouse's career is maybe equally important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you got to get them involved. You got to get a good realtor. Uh, that's the other thing. It makes such a difference. Don't get some neophyte who's, you know, one of the junior partner spouses or one of the senior partner spouse who works five hours a week as a realtor, as a hobby. Okay, get somebody to meet with these people that makes 200 grand a year or more. Right. Sells tons of real estate, really understands the market. A real estate shark. Yeah, can really represent <laughs> the area well. Right. I mean, you know what I'm talking about because yeah, you've had experience there too. I mean, the right realtor is so crucial. The wrong realtors, like, you know, they only show people things that they're familiar with. They push them one direction. They don't really listen to the needs of right. the of the the buyers they don't really figure out what their school situation is and they they send them all over to you know brookwood or some other <laughs> damn subdivision that they're used to selling houses in right when brookwood they might be old house people the right. last thing they want is brookwood yeah or maybe they can't afford a six hundred thousand dollar house they'd be happy with a thousand square foot three hundred thousand dollar house right it, you know, you gotta, you really gotta tune in. It, a good realtor makes a huge difference. They supply all kinds of info on the area. They sell the community, the schools, the the low crime rate, uh, the low commuting distance, the parks. You know, all of it. Yeah, it's a package. It's all, it's all part of the what you got to sell in order to get somebody to make a change. And relocation's harder than ever. It is because of the dual career <clears throat> issue, and just because it's very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause we just, I just, we just received a call the other day of a candidate that's accepting a job in the Pacific Northwest and, and they're moving from Greenville, South Carolina. And that's like night and day oh, yeah. from a cost effective, from a cost perspective. And so, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to consider that when, um, when you look at that situation. So uh, all that has to play into it. Tell me, tell me also what you think about, you know, these open-ended offer letters that just kind of go out and it's like, ah, well, just get back to me when you can and, I, and let me know. I hate those. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I mean, it puts the company in a bad position because if the person doesn't get back to them in any reasonable time, they don't know whether they have to leave the offer open or they have to rescind it right. in order to move ahead with somebody else. So that's ridiculous. Right. Um, secondly, if you give people more than two or three days, my experience is to almost always turn you down. Right. Because all they can do then is go shop your offer with other people or with their current employer. Yeah. Um, you know, which the whole counter offer issue is a huge, huge problem. Yeah. Um, anybody who's any good, when they go turn their notice in, their current employer is going to try to talk them into staying, as you know. Yeah. So we always bring that up early, even before an offer's made. You know, if we did make you a job offer and you do go in to turn your notice in, of course, assuming that they're going to accept it. Right. What are you going to say? Um, you know, how are you going to respond to that? You want to get them thinking about it now. Yeah. Invariably, it, I hear I hear candidates say, I actually never thought of that. <laughs> I never yeah. thought about that. And it's like, yeah, you, you're going to get a counteroffer. Sure. So in this market, everybody's getting a counteroffer. Yeah. So yeah. And even, why did, even if they don't like you, you're getting a counteroffer. Right. So they can keep you around until they can find your replacement. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, that's the thing, you know, we also know is that, you know, rarely are they there six months later. Right. The company now wants to be in the control position and, and choose when they're, they're gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a major problem. People need to think about it. You know, I always advise, no matter what they say, if they say they're not going to take it, I still give them the same reasons why it's a bad idea. Yeah. You know, that um, this company should have done it sooner. Um, they're going to keep you around <clears throat> so they can find your replacement. You've caught them off guard. I mean, you've got to give them all the mental, you know, sort of processes um, to to deal with it. I advise people, too, if they can avoid it, to not even sit down when they make their turn their notice in. You know, sitting down just encourages a discussion about it. Yeah. And it invites a counteroffer. Right. Whereas right. if you don't, it, you know, you stand, tell them it's great. I really appreciate it. You know, if we got to get back together to talk about the transition, I'm certainly you know, we're going to do that, but, uh, thank you again. And I'll be gone in two weeks. Right. Right. Um, it's a better way to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just this idea, you know, kind of just rip the bandaid off and, uh, and, and move on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so that's, that's the way to do it. Rip that bandaid off. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any other parting thoughts, uh, with regard to making job offers that get accepted in your mind? Um, any other parting thoughts? I mean, I think um, certainly the sooner you can get it down in writing. Right. You know, a lot of times people make a verbal offer, but a candidate is not comfortable accepting it. Yeah. Until they see it in writing. So don't delay. Yeah. That's, and even if you, I mean, we had a client the other day just send an offer over via text and say, we're following up. And in the text, they said, we are following up with a physical offer that you will receive in your mail and your email uh, before the close of business. And um, that way you kind of get things cemented and you also communicate to that candidate that you're serious about moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. Anything else is just conjecture as, as far as I'm concerned. So it doesn't seem real. No, no, not at all. That's critical. Yep. So, all right. Well, hopefully that's, that's a helpful, uh, those are some helpful tips for you guys. Uh, Mark basically gave you a nice outline for, um, a counter offer script. And, and if anybody needs additional help or advice or guidance about this matter and how to properly make offers or put them together, please reach out to us here at Zui Group. We've been doing this for over three decades now, and uh, we certainly have some experience in that area. We'd love to help you out or at least answer some questions that you may have. And also the Zui Letter Archives, once you subscribe and get that free subscription, the Zui Letter Archives has, have a ton of articles on off, offers being made and, and just the whole recruitment process. So all kinds of great information there. You could certainly go to Google, but when it comes to the design industry, your Google should be the Zweig Letter Archives. So hopefully that will help you out. And again, we appreciate you taking your time um, out of your busy schedule to listen to the Zweig Letter podcast today. We want to thank you so much um, for joining us. And remember, uh, please pass this message around, share this podcast with a friend. And if you do get a chance to rate the podcast, give us a five-star review on on iTunes or on Google Play. We'd, we'd really appreciate that. And uh, remember, sharing is caring. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of this Wide Letter Podcast. I'm Randy Wilburn. I'm Mark Swig. And we will talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe. 
and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.